This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Here we are, episode five of The M Word, the very first ever episode five and the last ever episode five in your face episode four uh yeah here we are and so thank you for all the support all the likes and uh, reviews rates and reviews on apple Podcasts, all that kind of jazz i hate saying all this bit it's really annoying uh but yes you know all that jazz but please yes share like subscribe rate review all that stuff does help i'm glad you guys are liking it um and uh, yeah this is me ben earl aka the pigeon king bringing you this fifth episode and by the way i don't want to really mention pigeons but uh, it has kind of become a thing now and people are sending lots of things in it's mental i've got more pigeon facts in the last week than i ever have done in my life and what turned out to be some kind of casual mentioning of pigeons has turned into me actually admiring the little shits like they're pretty clever things you know like their their kind of location and their um ability to kind of navigate and stuff is very very cool you never see pigeon chicks apparently just putting it out there but yeah thanks for all that stuff i put a lot of stuff on instagram about it. it's been fun but um that can stop now it's okay it's okay it can stop so yes um right so now what's going on well uh what's interesting in episode two i did talk about this um a zombie apocalypse and it's kind of almost almost become true we're not too far off you know um coronavirus I nearly said, what did I nearly say? Coronavirus. Uh, I can't even say it. Coronavirus. COVID-19, whatever it is, is here. And so I have decided to um, broadcast anyway to the survivors. And I am doing it in a hazmat suit. So just picture that for a second. If you hear any rustling, that's what that is. Um, so I am now broadcasting to a number of the Pigeon Army uh, in a hazmat suit. I've never felt more like a cult leader in my life. And perhaps that's what this is anyway. Maybe this is a cult. But this is this is what this is. A very, very strange time. And, um, you know, the shelves in the shops are empty. The streets are bare. You know, I've even heard that people have been shitting in their gardens. Shitting in their gardens. What's going on? <laughs> what? Why? I don't fully understand why. I'm not sure. But I've definitely heard that that's been happening. But, you know, look, at least the kids are safe. That's the good thing. As long as children are safe, then then uh, that's that's good. But the elderly are at quite a high risk, so you know we have to look after them. So you know, with that in mind, uh, I don't know if any of you know uh, Danny Buckler. You know, he's an elderly friend of mine. Um, that's Danny Buckler, B-U-C-K-L-E-R. You can find him on, I think it's uh, the Danny Buckler Show. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Then, you know what? Look, please, just in this, you know, time, you know, send him your support. You know, ask him if, um, you know, if he needs anything carrying, if he needs any help, if he needs any supplies or anything, you know, just a message. If he needs some boiled sweets, a blanket, you know, some company, you know, just someone to listen to his stories, you know. You know, we have to look after the greatest generation. So just some emotional support, you know. It'd be really nice. So, look, if any of you guys can message him, um, you know, don't say that I told you to to do so. Just send him a message. Say, hey man, you need anything? Need some help? You know, we've got to look after these people. They are the greatest generation. It would mean a lot to him. But don't say I sent you. 
Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe weirdly enough, maybe this is the reckoning right now. I don't know. I have no idea. It's a very weird thing. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I have a a kind of a strange, like perverse fantasy about this type of environment. Like, obviously, it's terrible. Obviously, it's bad. And obviously, it's annoyance to a lot of people, and it's going to affect a lot of people. And in no way am I suggesting that this is a good thing. But as purely a kind of creative uh, exercise, there is something really interesting about that idea of like doomsday prepping. Like I remember seeing those that show years ago about doomsday preppers and just thinking they're all nuts. But now I've started to understand it a bit more. Like there's something deeply satisfying about that idea of kind of preparing for some environment where you have to survive. You know, imagine if the obviously this is not the case. Like if the coronavirus grew legs. I actually became like a, a monster as well. And that we had, to, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, I'm kind of getting dangerously close to zombies again. But I mean, that idea of having to bunker down and and survive, you know, is a really interesting, creative, technical, intellectual, whatever challenge, you know, because, you know, we're, we're just so useless without all the support networks that we have in place. You know, just someone's one minor thing happens and everything goes haywire. I mean, imagine if it got worse, and and, and they're like, "This for, this will not happen, people." Right? This absolutely will not happen. I'm just saying. So, for example, if at any moment, right, if what I'm saying sounds a bit too harsh, right, then hang on, let me just get this right. So, look, if, if anything I say sounds a bit too harsh, then just imagine, really, in the back of my head, this song from Cindy Lauper from the '80s is playing. Corona, da, 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 da. everything is over. Uh, so it's fine. It's all fine. This is just a game. But here's something interesting about there is something interesting about kind of thinking about what you would do. You know, uh, if the electricity grid went down, if you had to survive. You know, just as purely a creative exercise. You know, what do you where do you get water from? Right, streams. How do you boil it? How do you cook it? There's no electricity. What do you do? Do you get water purification tablets? You know, surely that's quite a, you know, something that's kind of high on the list. Um, I don't know. It just feels like, feels like there's a lot of stuff that you would need. You know, gaffer tape? Definitely gaffer tape. There's no way that gaffer tape won't be useful. You know, peanut butter? I, mean, I hate peanut butter. Like, really, ridiculously hate peanut butter. But even I would be thinking, man, it's apparently really nutrient-rich, you know, and, you know, really calorific, so it would be good for survival maybe i'd have to spend my life eating like peanut butter you know tomato paste is apparently good sleeping bags soap first aid kits like radios for connecting to people i don't know there's like it's a lot of stuff self-defense how would you how would you stop yourself like having other people take your resources if you had a gun or something and you probably you'd run out of bullets at some point so you'd want like maybe a blade like a big saw because then it's low management of that as, as, as a, you know, a piece of equipment but also you could use it for other things I don't know. Strange, man. And also, do you do you partner up with people? Or do you go it alone? Like, because if you go alone, like, you're so much more nimble. You know what I mean? You've only got to look after yourself. You can move at the drop of a hat. You can be flexible. You've only got to support yourself. Um, but yet you don't have the resources of other people. You know, if you pull with other people, maybe you can have resources that will also be beneficial. Like, for example... You know, just someone that understands first aid or understands, uh, I don't know, any form of engineering. But then as soon as you do that, you're in a bigger group and you become more of a target. Dun, dun, dun. I just, there's something deeply interesting about the kind of 
the imagination game, the, the, the kind of tactical chess match of it, you know? Uh, like where, where do you even go? Do you stay put? Do you stay where you are? Do you stay in your house? Do you bunker down? Or do you travel? If you do travel, how do you do that? By foot? You can't do it by car. If you do, you're going to run out of petrol at some point. You know, um, all these people collecting toilet rolls, you know, if you do decide to do that and you stock up on toilet rolls, you're going to run out of it at some point, in which case then you've used all this space that you could have been storing food has now been storing toilet rolls. And it's de- there's this really interesting kind of, you know, to and fro between kind of practical elements of it. You know, and also we can really do for food once you start running out of it. I was thinking... You know, how do you catch anything, really? I know everyone sit there and go, well, I saw this uh, programme once where you set snares based on the runs of rabbits. Go, Come on! It's not really going to happen, is it? Like, you're not really going to be able to do that stuff. You think you will. And then very quickly you'll realise that once you get a little bit cold and your feet are damp, you'll be like a shriveling mess in the corner, just like desperately fighting over the scraps of some kind of, I don't know, boiled sweets or a Mars bar that someone has. Eating grass, I don't know. It's just a really interesting exercise in kind of resourcefulness, intelligence, grit, right? and deception to some extent. But like, there's the uh, this philosophy, the grey man philosophy. The grey man philosophy sounds cool, doesn't it? Well, the the idea of it is blending in. Like, how, how do you become so average and unremarkable? That everything about you, the way you walk, where you go, where you are, becomes completely unremarkable and forgettable. So that in a time of kind of survival and crisis, you wouldn't want to attract attention. You wouldn't want people to notice you. You'd want to be able to go places without being detected. You know, wherever you were held up, you know, wherever your, your kind of base was, you wouldn't want people to even recognize it as a base, let alone see it. You know, and so how can you kind of stop people wanting to come and take your resources? How can you appear to not be a valuable um, set of resources to plunder in some respects as a person and as, 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 you know, as an environment or whatever? I think there's something really interesting about that. And, um, you know, i tell you what, though, look, as much as I like this as an imagination game, if I, if I speak to my missus about it, she just gets terrified. <laughs> ben, stop talking about it. We're not going to die. I'm like, I know, I know, but it's a fun game, right? And she's like, no, it's not a fun game. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone. I, there's something about the discussion of it, which I find really, really interesting. Oh, I, okay. Here's, here's one. So Darren, who is, um, works at Studio 52, and he's, a, he's our uh, visual director. Uh, this is hilarious. I said to him, so, so Darren, what would you do, right? What's the first thing you'd do? First thing he says, he goes, kill my neighbor. I was like, what? He said, well, he said, you know, I think that my neighbor's got a lot of resources and also I think he'd probably kill me. So I just get straight in there and kill him first. (laughs) Ah, I thought that's brilliant. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair dues. I was like, let me avoid you in a, in a crisis. Jesus. Straight in with the, with the death and murder. No, I don't think I could do that. I'd, I'd, no, I'd have to work out a way to avoid all that jazz. But um, yeah, I also spent five hours on the phone with uh, Henry, Henry White, general manager of Studio 52. And uh, him and I were discussing endless, endless variations of this madness. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, there was part of me that, if you could get your hands on the tumbler, you know, the um, the the Batmobile that was from the, the Nolan Bat, uh, Batman films. With, um, yeah, that that thing would be awesome. That nothing would come near you. But again, you'd have power issues. 
you know, I'd hope that it just somehow runs on goodwill, but it wouldn't. It'd run on like, you know, 20,000 litres of petrol a second, probably. But I just want to have it. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Oh, dear. It won't get that bad. Don't worry about it. But um, I tell you what, your magic skills, they ain't coming in handy in a time of crisis. As much as you think it might, they won't. You need things to trade. You need actual survivable skills. You know, in that time of crisis, nobody wants wonder. They would want toilet rolls. 100%. Jog on, car trick boy. They wouldn't care. You know, uh, you'll be absolutely useless. You know, how is your three fly routine going to, you know, keep you safe? Your fancy cards will just attract the wolves. <laughs> ah, dear. I would, I would, I love the idea of a feeling. I, I feel like I'm smart enough and maybe cunning enough to be able to kind of prep and, you know, and sit back like a fox eating popcorn and just watch the world go by while I kind of sit there all happy. But the reality is I'd just, you know, I'd be like a goldfish that's already been eyed up by a smart cat you know i'd just be food for someone you know um you know there's magicians out there that genuinely think as well that they could probably kill rabbits and cats and rats and stuff for food by throwing cards <laughs> genuinely they're like no no look look i've got this book cards as weapons it's fine we'll use these things as weapons that's it we'll survive nope no 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 all that time practicing a second deal you know i should have been learning to fashion an axe from some twigs or how to catch some food with, you know, a spoon and some gum. You know, proper MacGyver stuff. But no, we just have the one-ahead principle and a shuttle pass. <laughs> it's not going to be handy. There's no, no tradable skills. No one will care. But yes, um, it's very strange. I'll tell you one thing that happened recently, actually. Uh, it's kind of a, a weird bridge, probably, between magic and what I'm talking about. I, I was wearing a cape the other day. Um, it was at a bonfire thing and so these are like big cloaks capes that people were wearing and I was wearing it and, and then my uh, kids were watching um, Star Wars obviously where they have Jedis and I was sitting there thinking like capes or cloaks whatever they're way more practical and interesting than you would imagine like my, my inner magician resists the cape yeah but my inner Jedi gets excited. And also, when you wear it, you'll be amazed. It kind of warms up all of the air that's around your body. So it keeps you really warm. And I thought also, like, there's something about, I don't know, you could use it for disguise. You know, I don't know. Something about capes is interesting. Maybe I would re resort to a cape. Anyway, um, yes, so. But it's all fine. There is... Uh, there is no need to worry. Everything is cool. And I, I think that what what I, what I started thinking about um, is this idea about basics. You know, for, for survival, for whatever it is, all these concerns, these things you might have to survive if this was a terrible time, which it isn't. It is all going to be fine. But the imagination game of if it was kind of comes down to efficiency of preparation and intelligence of of how you transition between things and how you what things you decide to have over something else you know and and it all comes down to simplicity it all comes down to like mastering fundamentals and basics and 
And as soon as you start thinking about that, I, again, because I'm so interested in that stuff, I, again, I'm starting looking at this coronavirus situation or a scaled up version in my insane head and, and applying magic thinking to solving the problem of thinking about um, what are the most essential areas. And I, I think like I've always found this way of thinking about things interesting. Um, you know, even when I was a teenager, I remember looking at sport. And I, I've said this to people before, but um, I remember hearing, I think it was Boris Becker and John McEnroe talking about the tennis, and they were talking about Roger Federer, and, and they were discussing, you know, what, why is he so good? And one of them said, I can't remember which now, said that it's because he does the basics better than everyone. And I always remember that was stuck with me because, <clears throat> you know, there is something deeply fascinating about the basics. And I think that this is the it's the it's the same type of thing that you see echoed across all great sportsmen. Like when you see someone like Steph Curry in in basketball, who's you know changed the game, and he's not necessarily doing loads of flashy stuff. He's just kind of doing all the things that have always been done, but just doing them better. His movement off the ball, his ability to shoot off the catch and the dribble, his balance, his thinking, his decision making. Obviously, the insane range that he has out through three point territory, but. If you know his ability to just get that extra bit of space, the deception with his movement, but if you watch him, he just makes the game look easy, and that's that's the kind of interesting thing I think when you look at a lot of I use sports metaphors a lot, um, but it's I think it's because there's something quite beautiful about this mixture between physical skill and strategy that you see, and often there's a lot of deception used in sport in order in order to move around someone or fake certain plays, and and there's a lot of kind of crossover. But again, when I start looking at the greats. In, across a lot of sports they often just make the game look so easy and they're often sometimes doing basic things but they're kind of doing these basics so well that they can't be done by amateurs certainly can't be done by amateurs and almost can't be done by other experts and there's a kind of a, a strange paradox in that about having something so basic that it, it kind of can't be done by other experts you know um and i think that in this area this is where the basics are linked to this like uh they're, they're linked to mastery they're 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 so close to mastery uh, and it's and the basics aren't easy they're a lifetime of study and you end up seeing all these things across not just sport but across music and art and you know it's, it becomes an attitude and a philosophy towards life and um it's just really fascinating. And, you know, an amateur's understanding of the basics becomes very superficial. Um, you know, and, you know, they, 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 when an amateur in anything, let's say a magic, you come along and you read the basics and then you very quickly move on and move away from them. And the basics and your level of execution of them stay in that state. They stay in the state that an amateur left them in. And then you move on and you move above and you move above and beyond them. But that is not a linear thing that is kind of, it doesn't necessarily mean that those basics are no longer important. They become the foundation. And actually, when you look at people that master things, they often go back to those basics and remaster them, add more levels and more layers to them and actually go deeper. In fact, you know what? There's a, a re I'll actually put this on Instagram. So for any of you listening to this, I'll put this up on, I think I've already posted this maybe on my wall on Instagram somewhere, um, but I might I might repost it again um, or put it on stories or something. And it's, it's, it's the kind of best visual representation I've ever come across of what I'm talking about, that this idea of like 
mastering basics to such a level uh, that it becomes really interesting and quite profound. Um, and it's, it, to me, it's what I end up calling what I, what I call deep basics. You know, because there's, there's the surface level of basics, the superficial level, the level that you do when you look at something as an amateur, and then there's the deep basics. So, like, what you, you kind of go under them, and you go further and further down into what they mean, why they exist, and, you know, not for want of another metaphor, but I'd, it's almost like if you look at, uh, at magic, and again, this applies to anything, there's the surface level that you're on. You're on the ground, or you're on the sea, and there's a surface, and you, you can't really see anything below um, because you're on it, but you can look up. And so you spend all of your time looking up, thinking that that's the way to go. And you, you can't see underneath you. To go underneath requires a lot of effort. You know, if you're on the sea, you've got to go down in a submarine or dive, or if you're on the ground, you've got to dig. But it's, this is so silly. I don't even know what this metaphor means. This makes sense in my head, so let me go with it, right? This is one, of, if I ever have a bit too much to drink, one of the problems I have is I overindulge metaphors. <laughs> Like, I'll I'll spend twenty minutes going into a metaphor. They'll be going, yeah, Ben, we get it, we get it. But it, I like a metaphor. It's interesting, you know. What? Right. So let me, I'm going to continue with it. So you're on the surface and you can't see much on the surface. You're just there and you spend your time looking up. That's fine. But to go underneath, under the surface, requires a lot of effort. And when you're on the surface, it feels like that's ground zero. You know what I mean? If you're standing on the ground, it feels like that that's what you know as low as you can go. And if you're on a boat, it feels like that's the surface. But it, the, to go underneath requires a lot of effort. And um, under there, you can find many, many, many more things. Um, I don't know. That kind of makes sense. Uh, but yes, I'll put this picture up on Instagram um, for you to have a look at. It, it really, really uh, encaptures what, what I think of uh, and what, what I call deep basics. You know, you've got basics and they're fine. But I always think of basics as just your superficial thing, your basics. Um, but deep basics are what happens when you go into them in such detail that they start developing a whole different meaning of power and um, level of execution and deceptiveness and everything else. And so you start looking at, you know, uh, you know, what's a natural practical way to do it? So if you took, for example, the most basic techniques you can imagine, right? And you... You, the ones with the fewest moving parts, you know what I'm saying? So the, 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 it's a really simple skill or a simple approach or principle, whatever it is. And then you just try and think of any possible ways to do them better. You know, uh, time them better, maybe connect them to other basic techniques. Um, and so you start thinking about the execution. So what makes the execution of it better? The timing of it, how fast you do it. Uh, the design of it, so when it's being used and um, what's being used before it, what's after it, how you transition into it and out of it, the timing of it, how you time it, you know, why use it versus other things, you know, um, can it be removed entirely or replaced? And if so, why? What are all those things? And I think that putting all those little bits and pieces together and trying to understand fully what what this basic thing is from a subjective point of view, but also from an objective point of view. So look at it and think, you know, what does someone else think about it? You know, what are the trade-offs? You know, does this require a lot of tension or not? Um, what, what are the weaknesses? How, how can they be covered versus this? And really going into detail, instead of just looking at this basic technique as a superficial thing that you think you already understand. 
Because often, if you really start asking yourself deep and searching questions about those things, you end up uncovering all these different kind of um, connections. And you start seeing connections between certain techniques and certain basics that you didn't see before. And you suddenly start seeing all these similarities, more than differences. So, for example, the double lift, uh, the top change, and the second deal basically become the same move. Now, I know if I say that, there's many people out there going, we're talking about they're entirely different moves, but they're kind of not. They're almost entirely the same. The similarities between them, I think, are greater than the differences. Here, let's imagine you do a push-off uh, double lift, and you, you, you're pushing the cards off, and your, your other hand comes in to meet them, and just at that second it touches, you don't necessarily, if you froze that moment in time, you wouldn't know if that was a double lift, a second deal, or halfway through the top change, possibly. And that, so there's a, a, a moment in that move where technically these mo they cross over. And then if you look at what those moves are all doing, they're actually all basically swapping one card for another. And it's all basically, well, it is all happening on top of the deck. And you're now going, actually, the second deal, the top change, and the double lift are basically the same move. And so now you can start thinking about, instead of thinking about them as separate moves, you can start thinking about them as a system. You can start thinking about them as an interconnected system where you can allow any part of, of one of those moves to express itself in any part of a trick. So you might not necessarily know if it's going to be a double lift, a top change, or a second deal. And you can kind of think about, well, when would one be better than the other? What are the differences between them that, that give me benefits in certain environments rather than others. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot, a lot. I'm basically just trying to talk about the fact that if you really start examining under the surface of stuff, instead of trying to search for something drastically new and some new move that's coming out of nowhere, in fact, there are worlds of stuff to discover right at your fingertips uh, in the basics. And um, you start seeing how how they're all connected and i think that that becomes really useful to you as a performer as a magician and um you know i think that and, and also this way of thinking about stuff in this way i think is kind of generic i think it's uh in everything so hence how we've got to this from you know the mad um, post-apocalyptic version of the coronavirus with legs uh, I, I kind of look at this idea of deep basics existing within everything and you start seeing these connections between things um, and in doing so it becomes it almost just becomes a way of thinking a philosophy a way of just approaching things in life so you know it it's an intellectually stimulating and creative pursuit in itself and so you know like most things in life, the, the the point is just to play and play it well. You know what I mean? So, so it's like thinking about this type of stuff is is in itself really interesting because you think there are, there are really good ways to play and there are bad ways to play. I, I suppose it probably not making any sense. I suppose a part of it is that old Zen idea of the, you know, in the, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. And I think that, you know, to truly master something and get a grip on it is about kind of trying to pursue the skills of the expert, but with the beginner's mind so that you constantly keep your mind open to the, the, the deep basics that are, that are there. Um, and there's always something to discover. There's always this kind of buried series of hierarchies that are beneath you. 
And, and then the, the deeper you go, the more connections you see and the more secure you become, you know? So that's kind of, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to me. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense, but uh, I can't, in my head it made sense. It's been a very weird show. I, I ended up talking about the coronavirus more than I imagined. And somehow that's linked into the basics of magic. I mean, look, the bottom line is this. I think that, you know, I hope we all survive. <laughs> ah, and the deep basics will help you survive everything, you know. You know they'll help you survive uh, the coronavirus monster and also make your magic better. You know, I think they'll 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 do a lot. Um, so yeah, I find that I find that great. Also, do not forget to contact Danny Buckler. Um, like I said, the elderly need our support, so please contact him. <clears throat> the Danny Buckler Show. Please ask him if he needs any blankets, bold sweets, anything. You know, just need someone to listen to. Please do that. Um, you know, I think it'll make a big, big difference. A big, big difference to him. And also, let me just, just in case, let's have a little bit of uh, this again, just so we can feel happy, as this did come in earlier on, and it kind of allows us to camp things off. But let's just play this. Mm -mm, everything is totally fine. It's all fine. There's something about that song. I don't particularly like it, but it just kind of, I don't know, it, I, I I remember it from my childhood and it reminds me of this, the kind of silliness of the 80s, but the kind of light, pointless happiness of it at the same time. Um, I don't know. Makes sense to me. Anyway, so, uh, yes, um, I might stop practicing magic right now and start learning some survival skills. So, yes, uh, my last thing to you is to say that I'll see you soon. Stay safe. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm off to shoot some pigeons for lunch and then maybe go and have a shit in the garden. This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic.